0: Hey, it's Shane here. Throughout the majority of my career, I spent thousands of hours on my technique to try to be as close to perfect as I could be. But the one thing I didn't work on was my mental skills, on the exact mindset I needed every ball to be able to access all of my technical skills that I worked so hard to develop. Well, I've recently released my book, Winning the Inner Battle. Which has all of the information that you will ever need to deeply understand how you can create the correct mindset for you so that you can bring the best version of yourself every time you step out into the middle. Go to shamewatson.au to purchase a copy of Winning the Inner Battle Now. It is available in paperback, ebook, or audiobook versions. Well, it's now time for your episode of Lessons Learned with the Greats. Enjoy. Hi everyone and welcome to a special edition of Lessons Learned with the Greats. One thing I've learned over the years is that life isn't a fairy tale and it's not always cupcakes and rainbows. There are tough times, down times, times when things can go from good to not so good instantly. This happens to people in all walks of life, including the legends of the game who have achieved such incredible things. On today's episode, you'll hear from six greats, Stephen Fleming, Mike Hussey, Simon Kadich, Harbhajan Singh, Dean Jones and Brett Lee about the mantras they live by and the life lessons that they have learnt. We start with my old CSK coach and former New Zealand captain Stephen Fleming who explains the importance of finding the right balance and being comfortable in your own skin.
1: I'm actually, I'm an introvert like and and I was wasn't at peace with that I that's not me I thought no I actually oh, I'm good with people I like talking but mm. I I am actually an introvert I like my own time mm. and I like reading I like just gathering thoughts and then darting out into the whether it's the cricketing world and then coming back in, so I like my own time, yeah. I'm at peace with that now, so it didn't sit that well, <laughs> really. <an> I'm <interview, laughs> reclusive for how sociable, people. Yeah. <laughs> for how long <laughs> like when did drink? you feel comfortable with that? Get comfortable oh, with that? not long, probably yep. about so 12. A guy I did get called that, um, I was actually on a tour to Zimbabwe and captaining and being around, and um, and there was an article which said I was an introvert and a little bit aloof, and I thought, oh, that's so far from what I am, You go back to the media side <laughs> yeah. of things. Uh, the aloof one, I just thought, maybe that was just confused around, maybe I was, um, yeah. but a little bit of that was having leadership group and not listening to the rest of the team, so you can okay. get too caught up in your senior management, yeah. but you've got people on the floor or people around that are just as important, yeah. um, so there's an element of truth to that as well, With the introvert one, I thought, no, that's, that's not the case, but I've, I've it was. It was right, and it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's not like a bad yeah, word. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a really important time because I, I, I do get emotional and disappointed, and I do need time to collect my thoughts. So I mm-hmm. do get excited and enjoy that. But, um, out in the real world, having I think having a balance. So, so if someone comes up to you, they know what you're going to get. The hardest thing I find is if people are unpredictable. <laughs> so you, you don't know what you're going to get. And you on eggshells. One one day good, one day bad. So I'd mm-hmm. love. If I talked about a mentioner, now, it's around balance. Yep. Balance is everything. So it's family times, yep. balance between work time, emotional versus relaxed or controlled. So you're, yep. you're very balanced with what you do, which yep. allows me, I think, to make the best decisions, whatever's in front of me, or yep. be better, or or see opportunities or be aware of an opportunity or listen to someone that, that enhances me a bit further unexpectedly. So that the balance allows you to pick up what's around yep. rather than, be emotionally charged or down or flat or yeah. or high and the other thing, there's so much more awareness of mental health these days, yeah. so having that, that balance and look, I enjoy golf and it's not yeah. just enjoy golf, I enjoy all the aspects of golf, it's a good challenge I'm outside, I'm with people for four hours talking um, it, it gets me doing something and, and trying to get better at it. So there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of life just through that. It could have been any other sport, but mm-hmm. that's just one that I've picked up after playing the game. I yeah. needed a, a vice to sort of pour my emotional energy into and get success and failure from that. Yeah. Not on a major scale, but yeah. enough, and that gives me nice balance. I, I sort of need to play it or I get edgy. And my sort of family, fit. it's a funny thing to have. But I'm more at peace doing the family stuff at home if I get my fix from that. So again, balance between. A little bit of my time, but more so um, where I'm at. And the other piece is be where your feet are. And that was a bit <laughs> of Gilbert and that, Gilbert and Oka is you can drift through life being in a space but not be where your feet are. So you're nodding what I see, you know. Stay in the moment. You have to. You know, yep. And more so if it's family or something yep. that's not necessarily, not necessarily giving you a, a, a massive fix around sport and something mm-hmm. else going on, but if you can just be where your feet are and, and give that 100%, then yeah. that's so important.
0: Next is Mike Hussey, who doesn't have a mantra, but talks about how having a close ally, in his case, his amazing wife Amy, can help when times are tough and doubts creep in.
2: Well, I probably don't have a mantra that I stick to, but I've certainly had some tough challenges um, throughout you know my career, both both on the field. Getting dropped from WA was was really really tough um, because my ultimate dream was to play cricket for Australia. And when I got dropped from the WA team, that's that was like a dagger in the heart. That that was just, that was basically ending my chance of playing for Australia, and, and that really hurt. I think what was really important was that that's when you find out about the people around you that that you think are close to you. Um, are they your real friends? Uh, or are they just hanging on? Um, And I was very fortunate, I guess, as well. I I had the support of my wife, Amy. Um, She Just having that confidant there to always have your back, to always try and pick you up when you are really down, that that was probably the real big thing that helped me. I I don't think if I had that person there, I'm not sure how I would have gone. Um, I could have spiralled into a bad place I I don't know Um, but just knowing I had one person there um, that still believed in me um, was was really important for me personally and and similarly when you talk about that um, that Ashes series when um, I was coming in into that series under enormous pressure I actually asked her during that last Shield game in Melbourne after I got a duck in the first innings I said I'm not sure I can still do this do do, what do do you think I can and if she had have said you know, well, it's not worth it. I might have ended it there and then. But she was the one that said to me, no, you can. You can still do this. I, I know you can. And just that glimmer of hope, it, it, was, it was something that I really needed. So to have that person, and it's not just her. I have got a couple of other mentors, I guess, that um, I sort of stick close to and I really respect their, um, their opinions and, and their views. Um, but, but the support of, I think, your very close network um, I, th- I think is very important during those challenging times, and and also I can sort of flip side that. Say with my wife, we, we went through some difficult situations with the uh, uh, two births of of our children that were extremely premature. Uh, so th- they were born at twenty eight weeks, and the, the it's it's a horrible place to be. You know, you, you're fearful of your 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 partner's uh, safety, the baby's safety. You don't know what's going to happen. And I think it was important for me then to really play that support role to Amy in that respect because she was in a place where it was really tough for her and a real big challenge for her to get through. So it sort of goes both ways, but it is nice to know you've got, you know, a couple of very good solid people around you just to support you in those tough times.
0: Yeah. And that's the ultimate partnership, isn't it? To have someone or Mm -hmm. some people with you to be able to help you when you like when times are tough and the other side yeah. is when other people's you know mm. times are tough for them
2: and and that's where I was very lucky again like very lucky to have have those people around so not everyone's in that situation and I and I I feel grateful that I've been able been lucky enough in that respect
0: yeah you, know, you you give out to the world's what you get and if you yeah. you put out into the world great energy it's going to it's going to come back your way as well so there's no yeah. there's no surprises yeah. there, Hus, because that's the energy that you put out to the world.
2: Yeah, well, and I guess the other part of it is you, you can't you can't do this life thing all, all on your own. You know, <laughs> like it's it's so hard, uh, and there's so many tough challenges. If, if you think you can just do it all yourself, I, I think you've got some you know some tough times you know to go through, and, yeah. and might take a lot longer to get out. So it's important to have those you know, those people behind you.
0: Simon Kadich was one of the toughest teammates I ever had the privilege of playing with, a player of immense mental strength and tenacity. Kat had a brilliant mantra through his playing days that he picked up early on in his career.
3: It stems from my first few years in the WA squad and we had this big mural up in the the dressing room in the old Wacker Sheds and it was the great photo of the um, the frog, which is halfway down the, the big stork's throat and he's hanging on with his, his hands around the throat, just hanging on for dear life. And it said, never, ever give up underneath. And that was probably our mantra as a team. And I think in the end, I probably picked it up myself um, in those early years. And I reckon I've run with it ever since. And that was probably um, something I always pride myself on the cricket field. No matter what the situation, I just still try to hang in there and um, not give up. And you win some, you lose some. But I think ultimately over the long run um, with that mantra, it's certainly, um, you know, given me a lot of lot more positives. Um, and and for, for the thing that stands out was particularly, you know, in 2007 I got told um, that I was never going to get picked to play for Australia again. And then, you know, within probably 12 months I was back playing test cricket in 2008. Um, and that to me, I don't think that would have happened without that mantra or having had that sort of, um, you know, that attitude. So uh, whilst it might have not have been present in my mind at the time, it, it probably was a big part of my persona and, and how I played. So it probably did play a part in me being able to get back in the test team, even though they said it wasn't going to happen.
0: The super interesting about life in general is you never, you never know exactly how close you are. When things aren't going well, how close you are for it to turn around. Yes, it could continue to go on and a downtime for a fair bit longer but it also within a split second could shift so quickly as well. But if you've given up before, you've never had a chance to be able to see how quickly that could turn around. And that saying there is absolutely exactly what life is all about is not giving up. because You don't know exactly what's around the corner.
3: No, that's exactly right. I mean, it's something now I try and pass on to my boys because like anything, you get frustrated in life when you're not quite getting the outcome you want when you're trying everything. And, and, you know that if you give up, you got no chance. So at least if you hang in there, you've got, you might only have a small chance, but at least you've got some chance. And then when you experience that it does actually work and you can turn it around, then it gives you a huge boost because you learn that, you know what, you never know what's around the corner, as you rightly said. And that's the beauty of life is that it has a funny way of of rewarding you at times when you least expect it. And then you, you obviously grow enormously from that experience. And that for me is the super exciting thing about life. Is you never know
0: what's around the corner <laughs> so when you go and 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 that's both ways as well when you're going really well you got to make the most of the times that are going well because it could in a split second things can change so quickly and again there's the other side to it if things aren't going exactly like that well it's amazing how quickly things could turn around as well and that's the exciting thing for me that you know it makes me jump out of bed whether that's for cricket whether that's for life outside of cricket whether like business stuff or whether that's my family my wife my kids it's that's excitement that life provides because you never know you never know good and bad what's around the corner
3: that's exactly right mate and it just goes to show how precious it is particularly when you know we've all experienced you know a loved one that's been taken from us and and that's what highlights you know why we just got to enjoy it day by day From
0: one of my great friends to one of my great foes, Habajan Singh talks about his refusal to run away from difficult situations and a saying he picked up from Virat
4: Kohli. See, there's a saying if you feel that you have lost the game, or if I feel that's it, it's done. Hmm. Only, you know, if you feel that it's done, it's done. Mm-hmm. But, if you say it 's nothing, no nothing can stop stop you, you know even if you want to go forward that 's also inside you. If you want to stop that 's also inside you. Mm-hmm. so you have to speak to yourself and to your mind what is important, and it 's easy to stop it 's yeah. easy to stop rather than go forward, mm-hmm. but you know those who go forward and take the challenge on their face, those are the real people, and those are the real warriors. So, you know, I believe in that, you know, that whenever, you know, difficulties comes, you have to face them. You know, rather than running away from them, you're never going to find it easy. Only if you'll face them, you'll be able to come out of them as champion. You might lose, but if you don't fight it, you know, you wouldn't know whether you could have done it or not. So, um, you know, first thing, I always used to prepare myself for the fight whenever I walked onto the field that I'll give my best no matter what. But if I don't go to the ground, how would I know if I can get Shane Watson out or not? The only way to prove myself was to just go out there and fight it out. Yeah. So that's the way of uh, my life no matter whatever challenges come you have to keep your you know keep yourself up there and thinking that i can beat this and if you believe it then only people will believe and if you don't believe nothing will happen and if you believe you can move the mountains
0: it's great it's absolutely great it's absolutely spot on budgie. there's there's one thing that like always thought growing up you read these fairy tale sort of books that it's like everything's like happily ever after everything is just from the start of your life all the way through to the end of your life it's just it's just perfect smooth sailing but the one thing the one thing is you've said you've said is that life always throws challenges your way and it's how well you actually take them on because it's always going to be those things that come your way and you have to just front up and take the challenge on otherwise otherwise it's, it's easy to just stay stop and then you just you've never tested yourself out
4: yeah, and you know, in in Hindi, there's a great saying. Mm. I must tell you that uh, there are always like way to look at things. In Hindi, it says bhagalo Okay, "bhaglo" is also means participate. "Bhaglo" means participate, and some people they take you know the other way around. Bhagalo is also mean run away. All uh, right. So if you say "bhaglo," it means run away. But at the same time, it means participate. Mm -hmm. So, like you know, there are two ways to look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone tells me, "Okay, you want to be part of it," I'll say, "Yeah," and there is the option to run away. So you got to decide what you want to do in life, and um, you know what is the right decision. So take that, and I feel participate in that.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
4: If there is No emergency whatsoever that it's stopping you to get Mm -hmm. into that zone and taking that, you know, call kid that I don't want to participate. Otherwise, participate. You will learn something.
0: The late, great Dean Jones explains the value of research, a lesson he'd learned from Sir Michael Parkinson and was certainly hammered home by Kerry Packer.
5: Yeah, I think because I've played cricket, and, and we play in a win and loss, and as you know, we probably, we've been lucky enough to play in an era where we win probably 65% of the time. Mm. The other teams get belted up. that um, you know that we play a game where if you make a mistake, everybody's got an opinion on you. Um, and a, and yeah. after a while, it wears on you. But you get a height of an armadillo after a while, but you you don't get a glass jaw after a while. If something goes wrong, don't panic. We'll mm-hmm. Find a way, and, and that's what what we've done. I, I, there's a lot of l- lessons learned, but the, I think the big, biggest thing, uh, one of the best things I ever did. I, when I my first ever interview I worked for Fox, they wanted me to interview all these great people on Fox. They're little what we call interstitials, that like four or five minute pieces that used to run in between on rain days, and they mm. whack them in all the time as fillers. I interviewed George Foreman about how difficult it is to be a heavyweight champion of the world. He's Fist was the size of my two fists together. <laughs> Called all his daughters um, and sons George. <laughs> yeah. Why? I don't know. But he, when he wanted his slippers, he yelled out George. So, and and the biggest one I learned was from Sir Michael Parkinson. Yeah. And I interviewed him. I was, and I didn't do the work. And and he looked at me and we did the gig. It was at New South Wales Golf Club. We played a hole together mm. and did a couple of things and little shots. And I asked him a couple of pieces of interviewing presidents to, um, Muhammad Ali when he was 18, when he was defeated and, and then at the end of his life and all that mm. type of stuff. And and he looked at me and, and when we finished, he said, now listen, the biggest thing when you want to do business with people and, and interview people, know more about them than they know about themselves. That's a very good point. That's all right for him. He's got 15 researchers, <laughs> right, with all. Due, but I'm by myself. But he mm. did, I'm starting out my caper, do the reading, do the research um, mm-hmm. about him that should make the – a little bit different and I, and I think that's that don't you and I without being big headed we've become bloody good players over the years and it's through hard work and I'm not expecting my name just to know it to open the door but if you don't have anything behind it mm. I'll open the door but if you don't have any knowledge about who you're about to speak to to do yeah. a business deal well you're gone yeah and you you can you imagine the people that we've met? and this is the great thing, networking who we've met to reach people to get what we want to do. And I think a lot of cricketers of today um, don't really think it through, particularly the young kids from, particularly in the subcontinent, et cetera, yeah. and, and all that topic. Who are the business major heads of business and get to know who they are and, and what do they do and ask them, what's, what? what how's, how's your business going? What are you doing? What do you need? Um, oh, we need It's amazing how things. My Left Field Solutions, believe it or not, supplied the paper for the passports for India for five years. We organized really? the Australian paper, yeah, Australian papers, to, to to provide the security papers for the Indian passports. We nearly got the, stupidly we went to NASIC, we nearly got the foreign currency for their foreign currency. We missed out by just a little bit Gosh. on the tender. Yeah, There's so much business out there. <clears throat> if you meet the right people, to where you want to go, and do and do the education, do your knowledge, just know more do about the work. it. Do the work. Just because your name is Shane Watson on Dean Jones, don't expect it. It might open a door, yeah. But you got yeah, to have some you, substance. You behind got to have something behind it, yeah, yeah. Because if, if he goes down a and you know nothing about what's going on. Yeah. You're in a whole lot of trouble. So what you say there around lessons learned that you've had from from general life mm.
0: is about there's no shortcuts. It's no. all about you have to do the work. No. The, so and the no greatest, matter what, no matter what happens, whatever setbacks, I know I just got to get back up and do the work.
5: Yeah. The greatest business mind I ever met was Kerry Packer. Okay. And the really only time he was a beautiful man, and the only time, well, the times I met him, he was very mm-hmm. good for my family. Yeah. And when I knocked back to go away and take the two hundred thousand yeah, dollars tax free, yeah, I could yeah. have bought a house in Turak with that money. Like I'm it's not kidding. Two hundred thousand is a, that's a, a lot of money. Yeah, like I wasn't. What wasn't a earning my twenty grand? Yeah,
0: that's yeah. a big decision.
5: Massive dollars, and I said no. Anyway, he was worried about all the players getting pinched by South Africa to mm. go away, and so he started to pay for some of the guys a little bit extra from the state mm. PBL contracts or whatever they were. Mm. And I was just about get married in nineteen eighty six, and I needed to put a deposit down from a house. I had no money, mm. so he offered me fifteen thousand dollars for three years, so forty five thousand. Mm-hmm. I So I got Austin Robertson, who was my manager yeah. back then, and I said, Austin, I need to meet him. All right, I'll organize a meeting. So there he was. I was scared <laughs> as hell. I walked into his room, knocked up, like, Mr. Packer, <laughs> what the hell do you want? Oh, jeez. <laughs> nice start. So here we go. Uh, so look, sir, so, uh, thank you for the offer. Um, I'll, I'll definitely be taking it. Uh, no change in the contract or anything like that. I just want to meet you in person. I, I don't, you know, you may offer me, I haven't seen you. Um I want to shake your hand. Thank you. That's the way I do business, and uh, I've always done that. It's something I learned from my dad. Mm-hmm. Shake the hand solid, give, mm-hmm. look him in the eye, and then, uh, but sir, I, I'm going to ask a big favour. What? He say, well, I want three years in advance because I need to put mm-hmm. a, a deposit on my house. I don't have enough money to pay a deposit. I'm getting married next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, righto. Keep playing the way you are like it. Now, get out there. Get out there and, and speak to uh, so-and-so, The uh, my lawyer at the front. And his other lawyer, his number two lawyer, was a past prime minister. You're struggling to find who it was? A couple of liberals back. So got the place on the water in, in, in um, Sydney. Oh, Malcolm Turnbull? Yeah. He was number two lawyer. <laughs> yeah. So I've gone out there and uh, Linton Taylor is his number one lawyer. So get Linton and- Get, you can have the money. So, thank you very much. So, I got my hand on the door, just about to go out, and he said, Hang on. Oh, God. I turned around <laughs> and he said, Now, listen, I want the second mortgage on your home just in case you do piss off to South Africa. Now, go. And I walked out. I'm not going out. But how the smart thinking just in wow. case to save his yep. 45 grand it's nothing. nothing yep. but to think on his feet. So, that's what he gets fun out of making decisions like that. And that's why he's. How such can they stuff you up? Yeah. How, what's your exit strategy? Yeah. And uh, this guy, whoever bought my 30-odd years ago, I sold my house, did okay yeah. out of it. But some guy's gone, Kerry Packer, <laughs> <sold> <laughs> yeah. mortgage on this house? How no, good. no, that's not him, surely. <laughs> He'll be on the mortgage on the, yeah. on, the, on the title on the house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so no, he, he was Amazing. brilliant. And, and, but the key, the key to him was un- understand and don't assume that they know because yeah. we had one game of golf at Capital, and Ricky Ponting said his handicap was two, and he was putting a little bit of money on on certain mm. things. And he said, "What's your what's your handicap, Ricky?" He said, it's two. Right, get me the phone. So got the phone. he put right. What's your club? He said Launceston. I rang up Launceston. Launceston. Yeah, Kerry Packer here. Go to the, go in the men's dressing room. I look down. I want to know what Ricky Ponting's handicap, please. Comes back. He said, uh, it's two, Mr. Packer. Right, you weren't lying. Next. That's the answer to <laughs> so, but, but it's detail. not picking on Ricky. Yeah, no, it's just detail. But it's the attention. The yeah. detail for the for what he you want to do? Uh, I thought, ha. Ah, yeah. Don't assume mm-hmm. that what they're telling you is the truth. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hmm. So from then on, yeah, any of the big there's a mm. thing called Dunn Street Reports. Right. Okay. Done and Brad Street. So you pay money for them to go and do the financial checks on opposition. Any company, I believe it, any person's doing over a five thousand or ten thousand dollar deal, mm. do a Dun and Bradstreet report on them, and it's nothing wrong with that. But mm. they go and check up; they're financially sound. If they're not sound, well, yep. eight hundred dollars or a thousand bucks has just saved Man. you. Yeah. So, and uh, and that's always been my policy to make sure that don't assume that they you think that they're okay, but because sometimes they're not, and, and just insurance oh, pays. Guess.
0: Finally my great mate Brett Lee talks about perspective and what success looks like which is different for every human being.
6: There's a really really good time when you, know, you look back and you and you put things into perspective and I just bowled at the SCG against India and India was 7 for 700.
0: I remember I remember watching that test match It's, good. I wasn't it's playing a good awesome time. 7 it. for 700. <laughs> it didn't sound very good.
6: And I had Four for 201. If you think about, you know, four for 201 and overall they will seven for 700. Mm. This guy come up and he sledge me. He says, mate, you're rubbish. Four for 201. And I said, yeah, you're rubbish. And my brother being the accountant said, yeah, but the rest of the team, i got three for 500. I think he's done okay. I looked at that I thought, actually, I have done okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was rubbish. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't as rubbish as what I probably could have thought it was. Yeah. But my my mantra was always, and this this happened from my dad, I think, Bob, mm. you know, Bobby boys, we both got um, both dads t- called bobs. bobs, the Bobby <laughs> boys. And you know, mum and dad, Helen and Bob have been a- outstanding. They have been my absolute rock mm. into achieving what I've achieved because of their positive influence. My mum and dad are so positive. Um, Dad was just that mental strength. He He was just like... You know, a hard taskmaster, mm. but always fair. And the lessons he taught me as a kid, like there'd be times that he'd come down and throw cricket balls to me and Shane and Grant every afternoon, just peg balls at us. And he'd worked out that he'd throw half the length of the cricket pitch because he couldn't throw that hard, mm. so he had to speed the time up. Like little things like that. And then don't don't go the shortcut do the hard work. So me and him would run 8Ks after school together sometimes and you know he, he just taught me the great life lessons about if you want to get the result that you want, you've got to put the hard work in. And we hear it all the time, yeah. but what, what is the hard work?
0: Well, but, and you can see it with your dad, that's an amazing example. Yeah, and,
6: and, and but it, it's, it's about being fair, about being honest and also about your own judgment of you as a person too because mm. we can also be that confident and there are people there that don't have that little man on the shoulder. Mm. They probably do, and they're probably because they are insecure in some sort of way. Mm. But they'll put this bravado on that everything's fine, and they'll go out, and they'll actually think they're better than what they are, and they'll fall harder because mm. they haven't learned that life lesson yet. Yeah. So you've got to be true to yourself. You've got to understand when you have had a bad day, you, you, you understand you've had a bad day, you just get over it, and you make sure it doesn't happen the next time. Yeah. Yep. But there was no real mantras I had other than just going back to the basics. And that's, that's you know, where it all started today was talking about with bowling actions. Cricket's a very simple game. We overcomplicate it so much. There's, you know, I think now about the teams around the world, there are 11 players and 20 support staff. Too much.
0: Times have changed significantly, haven't
6: they? But it's good. It, well, it, it, but it's good that there are things where... That support. Yeah. And, you know, there's times where you need a doctor on tour. There's times mm-hmm. where you might need to go and speak to, uh, you know, a mental coach or a health coach or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, whichever it might be. There's mm-hmm. times where you have to see a physio. Like if you have a problem with your ankle, you go and see a physiotherapist. What happens if you're gone through a divorce? What happens if you go through that tough time? You, mm. you know, there's people that are buggered that that, that they don't know what to do. Yeah. And there would have been a lot heaps of times where I would have liked to sort of go back and change things and actually went and saw someone just to get some clarity around what I was mm. feeling and what I was thinking. Yeah. Because I know, you know, I knew what to do with a busted ankle. Mm. See Kim Slater, see mm. Patrick Farhart, yep. get it fixed. But what about when you're getting stressed through the press or what about when you've been through a broken relationship or what about when something's happened to a family member? You know, these things, you just can't ring up someone and say, Hey, but there are people out there that are experts in that field. Yeah. As you got to train your body to train your mind too. And that's so much more important.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. We, we normally, we normally just train our technical side of things but as important as the technical side of things. Ain't more so. Okay, it's, a, it's a, mental, it was a mental training as well. All right, I'm going to get a little bit retrospective here. If you could go back to your 16-year-old self and give that person one piece of advice after everything you've, you know through your life now that you're 43, what would that one piece of advice be?
6: I wouldn't change one thing. There are a few things i change in my personal life like Mm -hmm. through things I've been through but even that I mean I've I've been through those things to realise now how bloody lucky I am. I've got the most amazing wife I've got three beautiful kids I wouldn't have had those opportunities if other things didn't happen Mm. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to perform on the field if I hadn't done those things and been through those mistakes I've made I'm so lucky that at the age of 16, I was so resilient, um, confident, but not cocky. And to, to train my brain to think at that young age that I'm coming off a of fifer. Hmm. Like, oh, I couldn't tell myself to do anything different, different.
0: now. No, Apart, I apart from the – so what you said there, for me, I would think that it would be understand that everything in your life happens for a reason. Yeah. So just – Learn, learn from every yeah, opportunity you possibly can, good and bad. It's probably Everything the, happens for a it's, reason.
6: It's probably the clarity that, but it's, it's also to, you know, when you're 16 years of age, you, you know, you can't have those life experiences that you have at your 43. Yep. That's one thing I'd love to have. I mean, if I had that knowledge yep. <laughs> now at 16, it'd be like, it'd, it'd be scary. Yeah, it
0: would be, yeah.
6: But also too, it
0: could go the other way. Because so, that's the excitement of life as well is what's, what's out there.
6: I, I look back now and think, how did I run an bowl in and a I could I can't think of how I did it. How did I run an bowl day in, day out? So that's the mindset now because yeah. I'm 43 and the body hurts. Yeah. I mean, my body still feels fine. But I was ruthless back then at 16 up to the age of 38. Yeah. So if I went back now at 16 – sorry, at 43, when I was 16, i will probably be more hesitant. Yeah. So it'd probably be actually yeah. worse. Yeah. Because you know, you know what's what's coming. In terms of the pain that I'm and about then, to endure, the, yeah. the the experience I'm about to go through, so that that'd be worse. Mm. But the life lessons that I would have learnt and knew when I was 16 would be much more better to learn when I was 16 to what I know now. Yeah, and take that experience from now back to 16. Yeah, that, of course that'd help. Yeah, but I don't know my my life. The way of Planets turned out pretty much exactly. How I planned it when I was nine, mm. because every single day, from the age of nine, when I committed myself to wearing the baggy green cap and bowling 160 ks, every single day was like a job interview, you know, to get in that straight cricket team. Mm. So down the nets with Dad, Michael Les would come down, my two brothers. That were they would I was chipping away at these little pieces of stone every single day to get that big block in place, yeah, to get that jigsaw puzzle. All fitted in the blocks. It's like Tetris. You know, you've got to get that good action. That part of the Tetris puzzle that mm. that will that, that, that'll, that'll go there. Uh, that mental strength part, a big part, will go right there in the middle. Um, that getting away from sport too. You love music, and we've mm. played so many times on the the bus and done jams and <laughs> performed together. That was a huge part of my life. Yeah. The music to get away from bloody yeah. cricket. Mental strength, once again, to, to... to Know how to switch off. Switch off. Mm. One thing I could do was switch off, and yeah. sometimes on the field too much. <laughs> that third man <laughs> flying leg, I'd be thinking about <laughs> writing a song, I'm, geez, I'm <laughs> going to catch his ball. I'm actually playing cricket, switch on. Yep. But, so, all the little parts of the jigsaw puzzle, mm. or the Tetris piece, has to all fit in together to be that complete yep. game of cricket.
0: Well, you said there about the, nine, the nine-year-old self. that You mm. said you... Just, had that dream of playing get to the value green and bowling 160 k's an hour most people do everyone dreams yeah but it's a combination of the dream and then the desire and as you said there then which the desire is to be able to chip away every single day at that rock to get to get to where your dream is you know what
6: When I go and speak to to young kids at schools and I went back to my high school a few years ago and, you know, I I do um, speaking gigs now, which I'm comfortable and happy to do and I love doing Q&As and getting up in front of audiences
0: and stuff. Like this? (laughs) Like this.
6: Normally I would have run a mile, you know, when I was 16 or back a little bit earlier. But I tell that story and I think about the kids in the crowd and I'm also a realist too, you know. I I wanted to play. I actually knew I was going to play for Australia when I was nine. Mm. But then I look around, I see all these kids with their bright eyes looking up and thinking, and they've got their Aussie caps and they got their bats They want to get signed after the talk. And they all think they're going to play for Australia too, or they want to play for Australia, right? But how do you tell a young kid, boy or girl who's nine, that you've actually got more chance of putting a lottery ticket in tonight and winning (laughs) the Powerball than what you have playing for your country? Mm. There's only 11 spots and there's 25 million people. Then you break it down to how many people like cricket in Australia. Then you break it down to how many males you know, want to play on the Australian cricket team. It's still a massive, massive achievement. Mm. And I tell this story and you seem a little bit deflated, but then I finish with a positive but, but saying, but if everyone thought about that, no one would play for Australia. Mm. Someone's going to do it. Yeah, someone's got to. Someone's got to be that next um, Brett Lee or Shane Watson or Stephen Smith or Dom Braman. We've we've just come from, you know, places where no one thought we'd play for Australia, and we've both achieved it. And we, yep. geez, if if you and I can do it, they can do it. Absolutely, right. So <laughs> why not? Why not be you that puts your hand up in the audience mm. and commits to that life of? Um, learning about the sport, learning about the game, learning about you as a person, learning about your body, committing fully to your dream and never let anyone get in the way. I yeah. was told when I was 16 by a doctor that because I broke my back, you can't play cricket ever again.
0: Yeah, I got told 16 is exactly so the same thing. right. Don't You can't bowl again. Obviously bowling's... You can't do mm. it from sixteen. What time my doctor? That I'll so. get him a ticket to my first test, which I did. <laughs> I bowed off spin for a year. I thought, nah, that's not <laughs> I, happening. <laughs> I tried to work my batting, but I was rubbish.
6: <laughs> but like, it, it's you've got to have that dream, and you got to commit to that dream. Now, the other thing too is that kids, it's fine for a kid to say, "My dream is to play fifth grade cricket." Yeah. My dream is to be the yeah. best person working at Bunnings. My dream yep. is to be working at McDonald's. My dream is to be the next Prime Minister of Australia. Mm. Dream doesn't mean you've got to play for Australian mm. cricket your dream is your dream and the being the best at, at what, what you, you want can, to do exactly yeah so that's how i measure success yep. I is not playing for australia wearing the baggy yep.
0: green yeah or building a billion dollar company or anything like that it's yeah what's it's, the best version what's the best, what's best that you version can, of you yeah best version of you and what's the best you can possibly be for more episodes of lessons learned with the greats Head to t20stars.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your
4: podcasts.